right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the F to the L to the double OG. That's right. It's the Fantasy League of Ordinary Gentlemen. We are back. Baby. Ty, this is is amazing because we're going to start off with our podcast own, the Bills Mafia. We will be starting that in a little bit. But I, for one, am Gary, and uh, I, you can find me at Gars underscore Poetica. You can find us at theflu.com. Bill's Mafia is finest. Say what's up. What's up, Ty? What up? What up? Yeah, doing good, man. Doing good. Other than, other than Josh Allen, if, for those that don't know, there was a golf match yesterday between arguably the GOAT, even though it kills me to say it, Tom Brady. Uh, Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. And my guy did not look um, that good. In fact, he actually had to have help from Bill's Mafia a couple times. And when I mean help, as in the ball went out of play, then all of a sudden it just kicked magically. Right. Yeah, so, got kicked out to the side. I saw that. At one uh, time. Was that the last hole? It was the last hole, wasn't it? It was the I want to say it was the eighth or ninth, I believe. Oh, okay. Because uh, yeah, they did play twelve holes. But um, but 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 uh our our, our your uh your our, my cousin, your your best friend, uh Hicks, his guy Patrick Mahomes looked looked like a looked like a stud yeah, on the golf. Yeah. Well him and Aaron Rodgers were doing lights out all the time. It was funny because uh what was it, Rodgers and Brady? I think they won the first two holes. And then Mahomes and Josh Allen, they came back and tied it up. And then there was a long stretch of like four or five holes where they completely tied until towards the end. But it was funny, dude. Charles Barkley always makes me laugh when he's on commentary. That it was just, it was a gem, dude. So makes me want to play uh, golf again and have you guys commentate on my shitty uh, backswing or whatnot. Oh no! Listen, y'all, y'all can watch, y'all can commentate on me because I've been playing a lot, and uh, yeah, um, you can just make fun of. Basically, I was doing what Josh Allen was doing was basically slicing to the right. So basically, I can hit it, I can hit it pretty far, but then it doesn't stay straight. And Josh and all those guys can kill the ball, but it made me feel good that I could play golf with Josh Allen and Tom Brady. Just the only difference is that they can drive it about. 50 to 75 yards yards further. So, but they 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 hit into the woods just like I do. So. Still, but uh, I mean, just Josh Allen, he can he can drive that motherfucker too, though, dude. But, but each yeah, one man. of them, I mean, it was four goats, man. It's not just one. All four of them were goats in their own right. Yeah, although although Josh Josh got a good joke in, but then Brady came back like Brady S. For those that don't know, Josh Allen. Came back with a golf ball of Brady, uh, Brady's pitcher of the combine. Check that out. Mm-hmm. Check, yeah. check, check that out. Basically, every man, uh, he was basically every man kind of body. And then, of course, Brady came back with a golf ball that had a Lombardi trophy and came back with a, hey, ask Josh if he's seen one of these. <laughs> He did say something too, where I think he like uh, he got a little too much grass uh, on the four swing, and then he got um, what was it? I think he called Josh Allen chunky. He's, oh, he oh. said he hit it chunky, kind of like Josh Allen. 
And I was yeah. like, man, that's that's perfect for Josh Allen to say, yeah, just like the golf ball of yours I got for you, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, no, Brady was definitely Brady was definitely getting the fat jokes. I mean, there's no question about it. But hey, Josh Josh been hitting that weight room and then hitting the uh hitting the pizza. Yeah, I mean, hey man, that's how you grow. I, that's what exactly what um what's his name? JJ Watt does it too. I I saw how he does it. He'll he'll eat a whole pizza, man, and go out and just work out. Yeah. Just burn all that off, dude. So hey man, that's a big way to get that's a way to get fit. So that so that was so that was pretty cool. Uh that was pretty cool that um that was on. So yeah, I enjoyed it, man. It's cool. But yeah, speaking of, so we are starting with the AFC East. We're gonna start doing divisions from now here forward. Um, do all eight divisions. And lo and behold, we're going to start off with Ty's Bills Mafia. Um, so this is an interesting season. Like Bills, first and foremost, Josh Allen, he's increased his fantasy value all throughout, like every year. Um, this is that's four uh, straight seasons. Um, I think they have a top 20 offensive line, too. Um, so that's that's definitely in their favor as well. Um, I'm going to lay it on to you. I mean, I'm sure you got enough info you want to talk about with this team. So I'm going to, I'll just, I'll compliment whatever you, whatever you got. Yeah. Well, I'll just add on to that, uh, about the offensive line. You know, the, 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 the fact of the matter is the offensive line actually was not that good. The first, I would say 12 weeks. And what I mean by that is there was a particular team when they played the Jaguars. And lost nine to six, and Josh Allen looked like a rookie quarterback. Then they brought in Ryan Bates. Everybody calls him Rick Bates. That's his nickname. Uh, undrafted kid from Ben State. He got in the last five, six games, and there was a five-game stretch where Josh Allen never got sacked. Mm. So the last, so so they re-signed him for four million, and then they re and then they signed uh, Roger Saffold, the other guard. So big Rick Ryan Bates is a guard, right guard. Roger Saffold's left left guard. So once they got Ryan Bates, then that offensive line really and they started running the ball well. Devin Singletary had a great game against the Panthers. Um, had a great game against the Jets. Had a great game against the uh, Patriots in the playoff game. That offensive line got better, and the running game got better as well. Um, and then they returned Deion. They basically returned their whole offensive line, and then they added Roger Saffold, which is a which is he's a run grader. That's what they need. They need someone. They need a run blocker, not so much a pass blocker. They need a run blocker. So I think there's big things ahead as far as the running game goes. But I mean, it's like you said. I mean, now I'll be the first one to admit Josh kind of took a a slight dip last year in the regular season. He was at 69 percent the year before. Last year was down to 63, 4,544 yards uh, in 2020, only 4,407, and a year and another game added, uh, one touchdown less, five interceptions more. Um, but he did have 763 yards rushing, which was 300 yards more than any other year that he's had, and six touchdowns. But like I said, he did take a slight dip in the regular season, but then he then there was a the playoffs, and I mean. It was one of the best two games I've seen him play of, of his career. Nine touchdown passes, zero INTs. In fact, the Patriot game, he was 21 of 25 for 308 and had five touchdowns. He had more touchdowns than incomplete passes. Um, so, yeah, so now 
You know, they lost Cole Beasley and they lost Emmanuel Sanders. Those 124 catches of 1,319 yards and five touchdowns. So that's, you know, that's quite the amount of um, loss there. But let's face it, Beasley's 33 years old. He hasn't signed one of them, buddy. Emmanuel Sanders is 35 years old. He hasn't signed anybody. Uh, they brought in Jameson Crowder, who, let's face it, he's been injury prone. But I, th- but the biggest thing with Crowder is the yak, the yards after the catch. Um, and that's kind of – they were actually ranked last in yards after catch last year. Yeah. Um, and a guy like Crowder, when healthy, can make the catch – make him – can get him yards after the catch. I've seen it a couple years ago against the Buffalo in the first game where he caught basically a five-yard route and went 75 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a type of – I think you – oh, you were going to say something there? Well, he, he does have spotty fantasy production, like, all throughout his career. I mean, like you said, with his injuries as well. I know when Cole Beasley – I think he was a top 30 uh, wide receiver uh, two years ago. So having somebody like Jameson Crowder who can pretty much be, you know – the same kind of prototype in a way. I mean, they both are great in the slot position. So I think it's going to be pretty good fantasy value for him. And I do think he's going to probably edge Gabriel Davis, Gabriel Davis, Gabriel Davis, when it comes to fantasy production, I think he'll be able to, you know, be that possession wide receiver while you have digs, you know, making the big electric plays for sure. Um, But that all depends, like you said, uh, on his injury status because he is 28 years old. I think he's the same age as Stephon Diggs. Yes. Yes. 20, uh, 29. 29. 29. Yeah. So, yeah, they're pretty much the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty much the same. Now, now the thing, now two things the factor that is, is that look who he's been playing with as far as quarterbacks for the Jets. And now mm-hmm. he's got, now he's got Josh Allen. Uh, and, you know, he had Kirk Cousins in Washington. Pretty good, you know, good. But then he went, then he took it downwards, or he took a downgrade, or he downgraded to the Jets, and now he's upgrading with the Bills. And not only that, besides besides my bias towards the Bills, or towards Josh Allen, they are actually one of the best. Um, their trainers are probably one of the best in the league. I mean, they rarely have, they rarely have small injuries. It's like Tre'Davious White towards ACL. Those are the type of injuries they have. They don't have these, like, nagging soft tissue injuries. Um, they had three guys going injury reserve, but for, but for the last two years, they've been very healthy. So a guy like Jameson Crowder, a guy I'm about to mention next, O.J. Howard. O.J. Howard's another guy that's been kind of injured. 59 games. 59, um, he's been what, in the league for five years, only 59 games. So you're looking at what 22 games he's missed, yeah, but again, but again, OJ Howard. One of the reasons why he came to Buffalo was well, again, Josh Allen. But he saw he saw the athletic facilities. They got a great athletic facility, and he saw the trainers and how the history with their players are. So um, OJ Howard is 27 years old. He'll be 28, but you know. Um, I would say not. I would say there's a lot of wear and tear as far as the injuries go, but this is a guy that only has 1,700 yards. So in that in that regard, there's still uh, t- there's still some tires left, or there's still some tread left on the tires. Yeah. And not only that, well, I was gonna say his best fantasy production was his second his sophomore season, where yeah. he was um, just out of the top 12. He was 
14 overall in PPR at tight end. Since then, he's pretty much been just, you know, dismal. So I think this is – he's probably just going to complement Dawson Knox for sure. But I don't think him, like, at all having a split share whatsoever. No. And and that's probably a good thing. That's probably a good thing for O.J. Howard. Because Dawson, Dawson, knock on wood. Dawson Dawson, knocks on wood, bro. Knocks on wood. Uh, Jared, Jared, Jared is so funny with some of the, some of the stuff he says about Dawson Knox. He's always trying to get me to trade, trade Dawson or trade Dawson Knox. But um, yeah, no, I think this is a great thing because, like you said, like OJ Howard has kind of been that third tight end since they got Gronk. He was behind Gronk. He was behind uh, uh, Cameron Brait. So this is, I think, this is a great thing. And not only that. He's not going to, like you said, there's not going to be a split share, but not even not even then. I don't think they'll go two tight ends all the time because you still, like you said, you got Crowder, you got Diggs, you got you got Gabriel Davis. Uh, let's not forget Isaiah McKenzie. A lot of people don't know him, but he's kind of that gadget player. Um, he only had 26 targets, 20 catches for 178 yards, but he was playing behind Cole Beasley. And the only game he started was against the Patriots, the second time in New England, he had 12 catches, 125 yards. Um, so, and then like and like and like you said, complimentary to Dawson Knox, 71 targets, 49 catches, 587 nine touchdowns. This is a guy that I was down on. I mean, what? Listen, I love my Bills, but if someone sucks for the Bills, I'll call it like it is. I was down on Dawson Knox the past few years, and yeah. people and people have been telling me, hey, man, he's gonna break out. He's gonna break out. And last year he did. Uh, well, the drop- I want to say too, like uh, I, those t- nine touchdowns definitely helped his fantasy value too. I mean, Absolutely. almost fifty completions is pretty good at five eighty-seven. But if you're not nearing close to a thousand yards, it's going to be hard for him to continuously be, you know, a top twelve uh, tight end. Especially now with OJ Howard, who can be a monster in uh, the red zone as well. So that can be effective as well. Um, just something yeah. I think to look at as well. OJ Howard's a bigger target. Let's be honest; he's a way bigger target. But he um, can't do anything in that radius. You don't have the hands for it half the time. Yeah. So, um, and then again, I mean, Diggs is. I, I know we'll do rankings for the AFC East as far as wide receiver. Diggs, I would dare say, is number two among the AFC. I would love to say number one, but we'll get into that. Uh, he's at least number two. Um, 164 targets, 103 catches, 1225 yards, 10 touchdowns. The targets were the targets were I think about the same if my if I'm not mistaken, but the catches were down. Uh, I believe the year before he was 127 catches. Last year was only three. Uh, last or 2020 was 1535 yards. Uh, last year was 1225. So yeah, um, numbers were down. Touchdowns were up, numbers were down, especially um, especially in two playoff games. He kind of didn't really show up, um, but then uh, Gabriel Davis uh, exploded, especially in a playoff game. But Diggs, Diggs is still Diggs. He's still gonna he's still gonna get the number one guy on him. Uh, but you got guys like Knox that again stepped up nine nine touchdown catches as we mentioned, and Gabriel Davis has always been kind of a steady number three. Uh, but he's also the guy that I like him. This is not from a fantasy standpoint. I like him because he'll block. He's that guy that you know how a lot of receivers are prima donnas and they, yeah. they don't want to 
Yep. He's that guy that that takes passion or takes pride in blocking. Uh, he's a great teammate, but uh, the numbers uh, during a regular season, only 63 targets, 35 catches, uh, 490 – oh, five, I'm sorry, 549 yards, six touchdowns. So he's a great – he is a great red zone target. But, man, did he explode in the playoff game. Both games, um, he, had two t- he had two touchdowns against the Patriots. Uh, and then in the Chiefs, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, eight- I think that's why, too, like, I mean, a lot of – Analysts are like really high on Gabriel Davis, especially in the offseason with what the way he produced. But I do think Jameson Crowder kind of puts a dampen on that because if you think about it, this is Stephon Diggs' third year, like you were saying, and he's got a four-year extension, which is awesome. And but since he came and became a Buffalo Bill, he's been a top 10 in PPR. Uh, when he was with Minnesota and Kirk Cousins, he was not even he wasn't he was barely close to that. So I think it's definitely becoming a bill made him a top 10 uh, PPR asset, which could be something great for Crowder too. He hasn't really been anything, but maybe I think top 30 was one of his biggest ones, but his injury, I mean, he had great games where he put up double digit points, but throughout the season, like we've said, his injury, he was injury prone. And I think that kind of hurts Gabe Davis a little bit adding him, but um it, it remains to be seen, man, especially with his third year. I mean, you see wide receivers, they always progress in their third year. It's either put it up you know what? Up, you know? You know, but you know what, though? Um, overlooking fantasy football, Gabe Davis is the type of guy that it seems like the type of kid that as long as he's out there, he's all right with what happens. As long as they're winning. Yeah. Josh, Josh is the same way. As long as they're winning, he doesn't care if he throws for 400 yards or – 300 or 100 yards, as long as they're winning. So that's a great thing about Gabe Davis. Uh, I know we've talked a lot about the receiving. And I'll just – the running backs, I'll go brief on that because it's honestly probably the worst position of the um, elite – of the skill positions. Mm-hmm. You know, they got – you know, they got Devin Singletary. And, you know, I thought at the end of the season he took a lot of big steps uh, because he was struggling throughout the season. And then – I forget what game. I think it was about the Panthers game. He's really started hitting stride. I mean, you look at 23 carries and 86 yards, and you go, eh, that's not that good. It's under four yards. But, or no, I'm sorry, 22 carries, 86 yards. It's still under four yards. And you go, eh, that's not that very good. But there was a lot of games where it was worse than uh, 3.9 yards per carry. And then uh, he had a couple of touchdowns against the uh, Patriots. Um, in the playoff game, he had a touchdown against the Chiefs. Uh, he ended up with 870 yards and seven touchdowns. Uh, 4.6 yards per carry. Um, he added 228 uh, yards on 40 catches and a touchdown. He had eight touchdowns. Uh, I believe his career high for touchdowns was four. So to go from four to eight, um, he took a big step in that direction. And it also helped for him that Zach Moss, who I was really, really high on coming out of that 2020 draft where you had Jonathan Taylor and A.J. Dillon, I had him as – Probably number three. I, I think I had Jonathan Taylor and I had A.J. Dillon. And then I had Zach Moss. But, man, he, he has struggled. Uh, 3.6 yards per carry. He was inactive the first game, which that was basically off the of injury from the year before. But um, you, you just saw that his playing time started to get to get less. His, his playing time started to lessen as the season got on. Yeah. Well, um, like, I wanted to throw this in here, too. I don't, it's, I don't think this is a team – 
for Zach Moss. I think he's a pretty good back. Like he yeah. has been inactive for four games, but yeah. I think adding James Cook is what they needed. They needed some speed along with having pass catching. Like, I mean, his rushing aspect should be something that uh, he could progress going forward. But uh, Devin Singletary, like, he's a good main back, but he doesn't have that explosive speed. And with this team, with Buffalo, like, you see how they played against Kansas City in that playoff game, dude. Like, stretching the field with the wide receivers they have now allows somebody like James Cook to eat throughout the rest of that area you know that's on like any uncovered like ground it's definitely something that james cook can you know pick apart for sure so i think that's a huge asset for him in that regards because singletary and zach moss don't have that long speed in a way no and and they and they signed duke johnson but again he's he's a pass catching back but yeah he's he's nowhere near explosive um that James Cook is. Yeah, James Cook, no, you I couldn't say any better. James Cook, James Cook is that James Cook is that running back they've been looking for. Common like I don't want to I don't want to make comparisons, but kind of like Thurman Thomas in in a sense that Thurman Thomas was a really good running back, but he was one of the best pass catching backs I think the NFL ever had. Right. Besides like a Marshall or whatnot. So he's got he's got Thurman Thomas like skills more explosive though right like uh i mean his draft capital says it all man second round number 63 overall so plus i mean it kind of helps when your your older brother is dalvin cook too so exactly and, and i would say and you can correct me if i'm wrong and somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. i would say he's maybe even more he's a better pass catcher better route runner than dalvin cook yeah yeah i can i can agree to that I would. I don't know about explosiveness, but he's a better route runner than Dalvin Cook. When it comes to pass catching, I could believe that because Dalvin Cook is probably a little bit more bulky. But yeah. like, I mean, yeah, he's he's obviously one of the best in the league. So I think James Cook, give him a couple years, man, he could pretty much probably do the same exact thing his brothers do. Sure. I, I've said I've said this before that when I was watching the draft and I saw him get drafted, I let out a big woo woo. Rick <laughs> and and. And I have a townhouse, so I'm like close to my neighbors. I'm sure they heard me. I let out a big woo. So, um, and the only, and I'll just add one more because we've 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 gone on about the Bills as 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 everybody probably expected. Bills um, podcast, bro. There you go. Um, they added the only other rookie they really added in the draft was Khalil Shakur, mm-hmm. and he listen. He he could play outside. He could play inside. Um, he had 1,200 or 1,100 yards receiving at Boise State. Um, kind of, they kind of have the same type of offense that Buffalo does. A very, you know, listen, Buffalo's a pass first team, let's be honest. And Boise State has always been a pass first team. Um, I'm excited, even though he was fifth round, they had a fourth round grade on him. Um, and I, I could see him, I could see him making the team and I could see him eating into some reps. Of Jamison Crowder and uh, Isaiah McKenzie, because you got to remember one thing: Jamison Crowder only signed for one year, for right. four million. Isaiah McKenzie signed for two years, only for eight million. So they expect these guys to probably make the team, but 
Khalil Shakur is the future, in my opinion. Even though he's a fifth rounder, he's like I said, they had a fourth round grade on him. And he can play outside. He's, he's got outside skills. He's got inside skills. Um, he can play. He can line up at slot receiver. Look him up. Um, he's a def, def, definitely a great depth piece for right now. And I mean, he's got a lot of um, vets there he, he can learn from. A lot of experience yeah. from them that were definitely he can hit the ground running, especially after this year for sure. So definitely a good I mean, I, uh, stash for Dynasty. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, but that's all I got, man. Unless you, unless you can. Think well, of I mean, else. Josh Allen, number one overall fantasy QB, two years in a row. So basically, I want to say too, like I definitely have him as number one uh, ranked this season as well. Um, like we've we've talked all about increased fantasy value year to year. And he's got new weapons as well and Jameson Crowder and James Cook. So it's definitely a plus. And, yeah, I think huge additions for Buffalo. And I think it's going to be a hell of a shootout with them and the rest of the AFC this season. And, and, as, and as I said, in a, you know, I will say, though, it'll be interesting to see what um, newly office coordinator Ken Dorsey does with him. Um, I mean, Ken Dorsey helped Cam Newton become an MVP. Um, who else did he coach? I mean, that, I mean that's just right there. I mean, because Cam Newton, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of his career has struggled a lot, but when he was under Ken Dorsey, Ken Dorsey helped him have an MVP season in 2015. So, and and Josh and Josh Allen has same type of skill set as Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what how he does under uh, Ken Dorsey. Right. Let me ask you this: um, Do you think Zach Moss fades out of this offense with James Cook there, at, barring any injuries from the team and whatnot for all seventeen games this season? I think he dresses out, but yeah, I think I think because you got to remember, you got to remember. Cook, I mean, Moss was a third rounder. Cook is a second rounder. The Bills, the Bills take a lot of um, what's the word I want to use? Take a lot of value into where they draft players. So yeah, I think that I think Zach Moss kind of like last year dresses out, and yeah, I think he kind of fades out. I think it's Singletary and James Cook because De- yeah. Devin's more Devin's more of the runner. And James is more the uh, pass catcher, and yeah, and I and I actually and and we kept talking. I agree. I think Zach Moss. This may not be the type of offense because it's a shotgun formation offense. Yep. He's he's more of a he's more of like I'm not gonna compare him to Derrick Henry because there ain't no Derrick Henry, but his running style is like a Derrick Henry. So like a Titans team or a Colts team, somebody that just you know yeah, uh, like I mean. New England too, like teams like that, you know, to where, yeah. So I definitely think that's a big thing right there. Um, I had something else I wanted to say, but I completely forgot. Well, I'm good with the bills. If you are. I could talk for another half. Oh, Oh yeah. One more thing. Um, some guy named Vaughn Miller signed with the bills, by the way. Oh shit. That's right. So, 
game game changer on defense. That's all I got. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I wanted to put this in there too because you were right with them being in shotgun. Do you remember when Demarco Murray was with the Eagles when uh, Chip Kelly was there? He could not run worth a shit, but he was good with Dallas because they had that kind of offense that he can run. So that's a big indicator too. Like, I mean, or somebody like Zach Moss wouldn't be able to, you know, prosper in that. I wouldn't. I. I'd almost. Gary. I'd almost. I wouldn't be surprised if he got traded at some point. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, well, I don't know about the Cardinals, but I mean, other teams that could probably, you know, have some, need some depth for a running back. As long as they don't go to Houston, there's too much shit over there as it is. All right, let's step on over to the Miami Dolphins, uh, who've got a new asset in general with Tyree Kill. But we did see that Tua might have progressed in the offseason. This is going to be his third season. Um, last season, he ended up at, at QB 26 uh, through 200 or 263 completions. It was a 2,000. Yeah, 2,653 in yards, 16 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. He didn't miss four games last season. Um, and I noticed, too, looking throughout his fantasy points, he, he cannot do anything really against his division rivals whatsoever. Um, his best two games last season that got – he only had 20-plus fantasy points was against Atlanta and Jacksonville. So that says a lot, too. Um, I think you were saying too earlier that their offensive line was not was pretty much garbage last season. So Tua was probably always on his, his back heels when it came to throwing and whatnot. I think they are a top twenty when a pro football focus uh, has them ranked in the top twenty. So, what's your thoughts on Tua? Does he progress this season with the few additions that he's had so far? Hope he does it. Um, <laughs> no, um, boy. Before anything, I do know the rest of these three teams are going to be on you know lower level tier for you. But go ahead. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, and I'll say this. I mean, here's the thing, dude. Is that there's no reason for him not to. Mm-hmm. If he can't, if he can't progress with this squad. They doesn't need to be the starting quarterback, and they got Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, he's not much better. He's checked down Teddy, mm-hmm. but this you could. I mean, you could say all that you you could say all that you want about two. And listen, I I thought two would suck the last few years, but this is a squad. They got. They also got Teron Armstead. Before we even get into the weapons on the offensive line, they got Teron Armstead, who was arguably the number one free agent of the entire NFL. He was ranked number one in a lot of a lot of um a lot of news articles or whatever you want to call it. Um and then they honored Connor or they signed Connor Williams of the Cowboys. So they added pieces on the offensive line. Now to answer your question, does he take the next step? Yes. Um I think he should be able to, but I like yeah. seeing that he, he was 31 overall the season prior. I do know he's split time with Ryan Fitzpatrick that season. But, well, they uh, 
love Ryan Fitzpatrick. We all just saw that he's retiring. He's lacing his boots up. So, yep. or, so I think it's going to be, it's a sad way, but I mean, so many memories with him, by the way. Oh, yeah. um, love, love. But to, uh, yeah, to, I mean, he could probably be a top 20. I didn't know he was on like 26 and 31 overall both seasons, but I, I hope the addition of Tyreek Hill helps out. We do know Jalen Waddle was a 13 overall wide receiver in fantasy last season as well. Um, they did have the addition of Cedric Wilson too. So, I mean, with that tandem there, Tyreek, Jalen Waddle, Cedric Wilson, you still have Preston Williams. Uh, you, like, I think that's a pretty decent squad for him to be able to take it, not the next step. And you got, and you got Mike Kosicki. Can't forget about Mike Kosicki at tight end, who's, mm-hmm. who is legitimately a wide receiver playing tight end. Let's face yeah. it. Kosicki uh, was, uh, yeah, he was fantasy production. He was seven overall for tight end and nine last season. Uh, yeah, so 2020, I'm sorry. He was seven. 2021, he was nine. But I think he mm-hmm. takes a step back because of the weapons added now. So yeah, I agree. Somebody is going to have to take the hit. I think Waddle will still be a top twenty. He might move backwards a little bit. Yeah, but I think just the emergence, well, the trade scenario where they got Tyree Kill. Oh no, they didn't trade for him, right? Tyree Kill, yeah, they traded for him. Oh, I thought they. That's right. I'm thinking Kansas City Comet for a second. That was wrong. Um, yeah, just the addition of Tyree Kill in general, like. That definitely dampens most of the team here in the passing aspect. So yeah, absolutely. But th- yeah, there, there's this. All right, so he was twenty. You said he was twenty six last year. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I say he gets in the top twenty. But again, if you got Tyree Kill, you ought to move into like a, at least a top fifteen. If you got oh, that yeah. guy, yep. I mean, yeah, I mean. Easily, you know, they had Devontae Parker last year, but he was – I think he was injured, and he ain't no Tyreek Hill, let's be honest. And then I couldn't – I couldn't. oh, they had, what, Albert Wilson last year? But this three this three, three uh, wide receiver set is way better than it was last year. Um, there's, there's no excuse for him to be, like I said, at the worst top 20, but he ought to be in the top 15. There's no excuse whatsoever. And not only that – I love some J- Chase Edmonds. I really do. I don't know if a lot of people are really high on Chase Edmonds. I love Chase Edmonds. And maybe it's because I have him in one of my leagues. I don't know. But um, this is a guy that he just – every time he touches a ball, I, I always think something electric is going to happen. Um, he averaged five yards of carry last year, uh, uh, splitting with James Conner. And James Conner only, only, only averaged 3.9 yards per carry. So – Right. Um, he uh only fit on uh, 53 targets, 43 catches, 311 yards. Um, this is a this is a guy that he could check down to as well. Now, Miles Gaskin was kind of that guy last year, but I just was never a big Miles Gaskin guy. I know Shane was, although I think Shane kind of came down on him. Um, but he's got a check down uh running back in Chase Edmonds. Um, they also added Raheem Mostert. Um, who I don't think he'll be the starter, but he's another guy that when he's healthy, every year 
since he's been in the league, he's averaged five yards per carry every single year. Well, his- I want to I want to go into with the head coach, new head coach Mike McDaniel as well. I mean, he's stemming from Kyle Shanahan, which actually he's going to find ways to make it easier on Tua because you know Jimmy G. I mean, he wouldn't throw it a lot, but that running no. game was stout too. So, I mean, that's yeah. something, like, you want to eye up, too. Like, is this going to be a run-heavy offense? Is this something where he's going to let, you know, Tua eat in a way? Like, um, I think it's it could be a good 50-50. But, like, I, like you said, with Chase Edmonds, I think he's he could play very well in this type of system along with – I mean, Mostert does have, you know, a familiarity with the offense. So, that definitely helps for him. Uh, if it was me, I think it could be like a Raheem Mostert, Chase Edmonds kind of thing in the beginning of the season. And he probably mm-hmm. see Sony Michelle start to pick it up. And then we see like this Michelle Edmonds kind of scenario. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think if you're looking at from the age standpoint, you would like to see Sony Michelle and you'd rather see Sony Michelle and um, Chase Edmonds because Chase Edmonds is only 26. I think Sony's 27, whereas Raheem Mostert, I believe, is 30 years old. So. Yeah, he's he's nearing it for sure. And he just came off a major major injury, so you'd rather see Michelle and uh, Chase Edmonds. Um, so yeah, so um, yeah, that, this this team just and and not only that, I gotta I gotta add they added a fullback in Alex Ingold. You, you know how Mike McDaniel would like to use his fullbacks, uh, Kyle Juszczyk. Um, so he, they got a, he's a good, he's a, Alex Ingle is a good blocking back and a good receiving back. So he's going to make, he's going to make life a lot easier for those running backs. Um, I know fullbacks kind of a, uh, dying breed, but the, the teams like the, uh, the pant or the, or the Panthers, the teams like the Ravens, the teams like the 49ers still use their fullbacks. I think Alex Ingle could be, it could be an underrated, uh, addition for their uh for this team right um, i mean and those i mean like you said with the ravens and the 49ers they're always at least top three top five in rushing as it is yep. every year so i mean that's something that definitely eye up is i wouldn't mind getting in any kind of share of these uh miami dolphins running backs you know like i mean if one of them hits they can hit the ground running you know absolutely no this no they and like I said, they added Teron Armstead on that left side. Um, they could run right at him. This team, this team could be scary running the football. Honestly, mm-hmm. I like the, I like these options better than what they had last year in uh, Miles Gaskins and um, Salvin uh, Ahmed. Salvin Ahmed, yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, big a big upgrade in their running backs for sure. Malcolm Brown too. That's right. Brown, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. But I mean, he's definitely going to try to make it easier on Tua for sure. But I know in the back of their mind, they know that if Tua can not get it done or you know capitalize on any kind of explosiveness that the you know the team will oversee, I they can definitely next year is a great uh, year for QBs. So this is definitely a team that could probably use one if Tua doesn't progress here. And I would say this year, Gary, they if it gets bad enough, they might even turn to Teddy Bridgewater. True. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you, you listen in a in a case like this, you have to have a good backup. You have. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to have a good backup anyways, but you have to have a backup if you're not sure if you're not sure your starting quarterback can can 
take you to that next step because they're nine and eight. Let's face it, they were nine and eight last year. They're only a game or two from making the playoffs. They're right there. As much as I hate to say it, they are right there. So if you don't think your quarterback, if you think your quarterback's a problem, you've got to have a guy like Teddy Bridgewater or a backup quarterback that could maybe get them over the hump. I'm not saying Teddy Bridgewater will, but they signed him for a reason. Yeah, Teddy will get the job done. He can win you games. The thing is, yeah. he's he's a game type of. I mean, what is it? Game game manager. Yeah, game time type of manager. But yeah, I mean, this is going to be an interesting team, man. I think this is somebody who could probably edge the Bills a little bit if everything goes right for the squad. Uh oh, <laughs> I saw that nose whiffed into the air. Didn't want to hear that. Didn't want to hear that at all. But I mean, oh. this is this is somebody who can kind of. I mean, if everything gels, I mean, Tyreek and Stefan Diggs in the same division is gonna be fucking fun, dude. It's gonna be interesting. Yeah. But yeah. no, their offense. No, I, I hate to say it, but yeah, Miami's offense is gonna be fun to watch. But another thing about Tua that we haven't mentioned is he's kind of like he's kind of like Josh Allen was his first couple of years. I'm not confident in him throwing the deep ball. I know he can sling it. I know both Josh and Tua can sling it 70 yards, but can they throw it accurately down the field? Right. So we saw the video where Tua threw it to Tyreek and he underthrew him. Um, I, I, you know, that's another thing is I, I heard this. I heard this from uh, Eric Davis, who was an NFL analyst. He was describing Jimmy G. He was saying that if you want to stop Jimmy G, you have to put him in an 18-yard box. Defenses need to put them in an 18-yard box and make them throw the ball deep, and that's right. how you beat them. Right. And that's how that's how I see Tua is that you got to make them throw the ball deep. And if you have safeties like my safeties, Jordan Foyer and Micah Hyde, or um, I'm trying to think other safeties, but if you if you have a if you have a tandem, if you have a if you have a great safety tandem, they will feast on Tua. So he's got to be—he's got to get better at throwing the deep ball too. That's another thing. Yeah. Well, I think he's pretty accurate. The only problem is his balls are too lofty. If you know what I mean. Like it's—it's it's like throwing a punt. Like I mean, it's just basically something that's in the air way too long for the defense to be able to get get to it. So that's my only thing. Um, I don't think he, like like Cam Newton throws line drives. You know. Tua does the exact opposite. So mm-hmm. I, that's the only thing that I think he needs to kind of progress on is being able to get the ball out and make, you know, precise decisions as to when the ball needs to come out. So mm-hmm. uh, what do you think about Sony Michelle? Like, I do know this is his fifth season, already a two-time Super Bowl champ. So we've been mm-hmm. three years with New England, one with the Rams. Uh, last season, I think was his – one of his best seasons at two, uh, two, eight rushes, eight forty-five yards, four touchdowns. And I mean, yep. he did have a little bit of play uh, in the receiving aspect, you know, yeah. uh, 21 catches, 128 yards and one touchdown. I mean, he, he definitely brings a little bit of power that maybe Edmonds and Mostert don't have because they're both, let's be honest, they're both speedsters, especially Mostert, but he definitely does bring a power, the power aspect to them. 
he'll definitely be the guy that probably gets the um, goal line carries. So mm-hmm. for that, for that, he's definitely he's definitely fancy value if nothing else is he'll get the goal line carries or at least I would put him on a goal line instead of Mostert and um, uh, Edmonds. Gotcha. So let's do a little game here. Let's rank these running backs. Yes. Chase Edmonds, do you think he's going to be – okay, why don't you go ahead, out of all four of these guys, counting Gaskins as well, why don't you give me a rundown? Huh? Gaskin is last, so, yeah, yeah. we can go from there. Yeah. I, okay. I, I'm not a Miles Gaskin guy. Gotcha. See, I probably would put him third. I'll probably put Mostert last, Michelle second, and I'd still take Chase Edmonds first, especially since he has the two-year deal. We have Sony Michelle just – taking the one-year deal along with Mostert. Um, Gaskin's the only thing, reason why I think he could be, you know, the third back utilized is because he has familiarity with the team in general. That's the only right. thing. I mean, Mostert could be along with the scheme, you know, what right. Mike McDaniel can be about, but Gaskin's at least has familiarity with the team, you know, just small things, you know. It's 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 one of those things where I like Mostert the player better, but I, if I'm going fantasy wise, I would like Miles Gaskin better. But I also would like I will say Miles Gaskin has been fairly healthy. Mm-hmm. But if, if 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 we're assuming Raheem Mostert and Gaskin are play 17 games, I would take Mostert over him. But yeah. most Mostert's biggest thing is that the last two years he's only played nine games. And it's not because he's been a backup, it's because he's been hurt. Yeah. So, so I think that's the, the only – I was going to say, I think that it's two to keep an eye on these OTAs and see if we hear any news between this backfield. Because, I mean, it could be something like, you know, any type of scenario where Gaskins could be showing up and Mike McDaniel would be like, this guy could be our number one. So, that's I would to- say – I would say – I'm just more of a Chase Edmonds guy, mm-hmm. but I but I understand that he's not a power back, so he's not going to get 100 percent of the carries. He's not going to get hell. He's probably not even going to get 75 to 80. He's probably going to get 70 or less. Uh, and I could see Sony Michelle because of his style eating into those carries. Right. Um, let's put it to this too, though, Ty. Um, remember last season. Uh, with the Jets and that a few of those, I mean, the, what was it, the offense coordinator and uh, Robert Sala both came from San Francisco. And you see that backfield, it took a little while for Michael Carter to go around. They had Tevin Coleman, who was a former 49er, yep. and also yep. Ty Johnson. So I think it, it could have – plus they, uh, they drafted Mike, Michael Carter to that regime. So, yep. I mean, that's mm, that's interesting. So, I think, you know what? Maybe Chase Edmonds will be the guy because they brought him in knowing that he can pretty much fit for this offense, kind of like they did in New York when they drafted Michael Carter. So, yeah. I'm – You kind of have to – and you kind of have to look at it from that standpoint with Miles Gaskin. That doesn't do him a favor. Right. Because they didn't bring Miles Gaskins in – they brought in Edmonds, they brought in Michelle, and they brought in Mostert. So yeah. that doesn't that doesn't work in Gaskin's favor. A lot of teams now, 
I think you know this, but a lot of teams, like you just said, a lot of teams now are going are going with the guys of this is our guy. This this is Miles. Say like Miles Gaskin. That's not our guy. We didn't bring him in, so right. that kind of hurts him too. Yeah, it's just funny how I mean it all plays out because too you can look at the 49ers and how they did with Elijah Mitchell being that late round running back, and now he's the number one. So. Cool. Anything else you want to swing with the Miami Dolphins? Like uh, more on Jalen Waddle, dude. So with Tyree Kill here, do you put Waddle still as a top 20? He was 13 overall last season. Do you think he comes down just a little bit? I mean, he had 140 targets. I still think he's top 20. It's hard yeah. to not put him in that realm whatsoever. Absolutely. I think Tyreek Hill takes a step back mm-hmm. more, more than anything. I think they can both be top 20 in wide, wide receivers. Absolutely. And I'll even say top 15 still. I'll, dare, I'll say top 15. Okay. Yeah, I'm with you. Here's a little stat that I noticed, too. Um, in the two seasons – where Tyreek Hill had under 100 receptions, those were his best two years in Kansas City. So it was 2018 and 2020. Both had he had under 100 receptions, but he had double-digit TDs. So I think the tight touchdown factor definitely benefited for him in those two years seasons. But I'm wondering too, is he going to be the guy for the end zone that Tua is going to look towards? Um, here's, here's another thing though uh, like last year 111 catches 1239 yards so you're looking at what 11 yards per, per catch teams started to realize with Kansas City that and Kansas City adjusted when I say this teams at first all these years have been blitzing Mahomes a lot you know a lot, lot to maybe medium I think teams finally realized oh shit you know maybe we ought to you know take back six or or, or um, um, cover six or cover seven instead of, you know, blitz and seven or blitz and six. And, and as a result, Tyreek started running shorter routes. Kelsey started running shorter routes. So Kansas City adjusted. But a lot of the years, you know, it was basically one-on-one with Tyreek. And if you're one-on-one with Tyreek, good luck. That's yeah. all I got to say. Exactly. So – well, yeah, that's that's interesting in its own right. So I think I do think my Mike Gesecki is the one who probably takes a step back too, because those two and Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill, as alpha as they are in their position, I think they definitely they'll they'll get the targets for sure. Both of them in their own right could probably get 150 targets this season. But unless you got anything else with the I'm Dolphins, good. Yeah, I'm good. we will step on over to the New England Patriots, who have been taking a step back a little bit uh, ever since Tom Brady has left. So they do now have Mac Jones at the helm of it all. Brian Hoyer is the backup QB. They did draft Bailey Zappi, number, third, number uh, 137 overall. 
And Zappy's kind of interesting, dude. Um, in 2021, almost 6,000 <laughs> yards thrown, 62 touchdowns with beat Joe Burrow's TD record at 60. Um, he's got some savviness, some football IQ and whatnot, but his cons are basically his arm strength and his athleticism. So he could pretty much uh, possibly beat Brian Hoyer to have that backup job. Mac Jones, since he was drafted as a first rounder last season, he did not half, not that bad. I know we talked about him and Davis Mills a couple of weeks ago, but Mac Jones, number 18 overall as in fantasy at QB, 352 completions, little less than 4,000 yards, 22 uh, touchdowns, 13 interceptions. That's not a bad ratio whatsoever, especially uh, first season, and especially having New England (laughs) as a squad. So, okay. The tricky thing is with the Patriots, we don't even know who their offensive coordinator is right now. It could probably be uh, Bill Belichick, for all we know, with Josh McDaniel, you know, leaving, going to Las Vegas with the Raiders now. So, Mac Jones, um, I do think he could still be a top 20 wide receiver or wide receiver, QB. He's got a lot of running backs who are definitely good in the pass catching aspect. We talked about Damian Harris, Ramon J. Stevenson, you know, um, James White. James White, too. I think uh, you want to relay the two running backs that they got uh, uh, draft? in the draft? Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, Pierre Strong out of South Dakota State in the fourth round and uh, Kevin Harris in the sixth round out of South Carolina. And I got to be honest, I, I really like some Pierre Strong. I know he's Division One AA, but holy shit, he had about – I forget what – he looks like a big, big, big boy. He looks like a big boy, and he had about 1,600 yards last year. At South Dakota, he played. I think he started all four years, um, which I, I like to see. I don't like I don't like these guys that only start for one year and then like everybody just slobbers all over them. It's like okay, it's like Mark Sanchez or Mitch Trubisky. They signed, they started for one year and everybody was all over them, and mm-hmm. we saw what happened with both those guys. But I'm going off topic. Um, <laughs> Pierre, Pierre Strong started all four years and again 1600 yards. Um, Again, I think at some point, the way the the way the Patriots use their running backs, you never know who's the guy. It's all it's all game plan based. All game plan based with these running backs. Um, but I I like like I said I like Pierre Strong. I like Ramondre Stevens. And even though I said Damian Harris, I've, I've seen him dropping. I do like Damian Harris. It's just I'm never I'm never. Um, or confident or comfortable getting a Patriot running back because you don't know which one is going to be the guy this week or this this guy, Damian Harris, could be the main guy for three weeks and then all of a sudden game plan says, hey, you know what, Ramondre is a better fit for this game. So, um, but yeah, I mean. I mean, my little, uh, my thought in all this, so I think they're going to probably run the, the tires off of Damian Harris. This is the last, um, the last year before his contract's up. They do have Ramondre too that they just drafted. 
So they're probably going to continuously bring in new backs, you know, because they're not going to pay any back. Um, so yeah. I think they're going to pretty much like see what they can get out of Pierre Strong and also uh, Kevin Harris as well. And I think mm -hmm. Ramondre is the one who could probably take a big step forward coming into next season as well. Damian Harris, like you were saying too, like, I mean, he had a little over 200 touches or rushes, rush attempts and just under a thousand yards. Decent. I mean, he was number 14 overall in PPR at the running back position. So, and, you know, 20 targets last season, obviously when it comes to running backs, you want them to get a significant amount of targets, like anywhere between 40 to 50 can kind of put you in that realm to where you can be a top 12 running back. Um, and I mean, it kind of shows, I mean, the fact that he was number 14 overall, which is a, a high end second, you know, high end, uh, running back too. So mm -hmm. I think yeah. he's a great flex play. Like you said, there's a shit ton of running backs uh, for a committee. So I think that's something where Harris, I think they're going to probably somewhat run as much tread off of this tire for sure. Um, yeah. So besides that, what do you think on Ramondre Stevenson? Do you think he was number 47 overall last mm -hmm. season? Um, I think he can take a small step forward as well. No, he, he produced. And again, uh, I look at yards for carry, which all, I mean, sometimes can be very misleading, but um, I thought I, whenever I saw him play, I thought he performed. I mean, again, four point, they both had 4.6 yards per carry. Um, and he had, he only had 18 targets, but he had 14 catches. So that's not a bad ratio. Um, and he had five touchdowns, but I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of hard to get touchdowns when Damian Harris has 15. Right. So, um, but yeah, I mean, like, I couldn't have said any better. Like I said, I, I didn't know Damian Harris. You did your homework on that. Damian Harris in his last year, Ramondre's in his second year. And like you said, you, you made great points. They don't sign a running back. I think the last, the last rule of running back prior to get signed was probably LeGarrette Blunt, if sure. I had to guess. So, um, no, I'm, 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 I'm both a Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson fan. I just never know which one's going to be the guy. Uh, but no, I like I like both backs. I like both their styles. They run hard, um, and that's and that's a New England way. When you're yeah. not when you're when you're not James White, you better run. You better run hard. Yeah, and somebody like James White will probably sign. You know, to those one or two year deals. You know, um, yep. but I think this is a good reason why. I mean, to this is why I think it's okay to latch on to some of these running backs. I mean, Mac Jones is not a Cam Newton. He's not going to rush in the red zone. He's not going to take oh. away the fantasy points that, you know, these running backs deserve or what we want out of them. Um, although it is, you know, literally a mind fuck as to which running back it'll be half the time or having to figure out which one to plug in each game during the season. But the fact that at least we know Mac Jones is there, he's not going to rush whatsoever. So that definitely helps you it's somewhat of a sigh of relief when you're plugging in either running back from this team. So, and I, and I will say that both Stevenson and Harris get their opportunities in the goal line. I've seen if I, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. I'm a Patriot fan could tell me, although I wouldn't want to talk to him anyways. Um, <laughs> yeah. Boom. Boom. Uh, but I, I feel like the Patriot games I did see, uh, both guys got opportunities 
at the goal line. So yeah. uh, not not one. You would think Harris gets it more, but I, I seem to remember both of them getting their opportunities in the goal line. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those 15 touchdowns last season from Damian Harris says it all. So that definitely helped his value, you know, um, from somebody. I mean, when it goes in comparison to somebody like your boy, Miles Sanders. Well, yeah, that too. But I mean, I was thinking more of like Derrick Henry, like somebody who's rushing 300 sometimes. Oh, uh, okay. yeah. yeah. So, I mean, in comparison okay. to somebody like Derrick Henry, who's rushing like a hundred times more and right. literally getting like close to 20 touchdowns. I mean, Harris, not bad, dude, for somebody with 14, uh, number 14 overall in PPR. So I was kind of shocked when I saw that, too, because I had maybe one share of him, but I always kept him on the flex aspect in most most of my leagues. Yeah, um, uh, like we talked about, uh, if he's your number two, I guess I'm okay, but if he's your flex, yeah, I like that. I do like that. Yeah. Okay, let's go to wide receiver real quick. Um, Jacoby Myers is obviously probably going to be their number one receiver still. They did trade for Devontae Parker, which is an interesting trade. They traded a 2023 third rounder for Devontae Parker and the 25th. So Devontae Parker is edging 30. Seven years in Miami. This is his first year outside of Miami. And the only time he was really a wide receiver one, um, put up wide receiver one numbers was in 2019, where we all kind of started to latch on him like, hey, he can do it. He's putting up the numbers. Um, and he was wide receiver 11 at that point. Um, since then, he's pretty much fallen. So right. I think I'm still going to be keen on grabbing Jacoby Myers other than him. But... Do you have anything to say, like just an addition, Devonta? No, I, I agree. Uh, I'm look. First of all, especially if we're doing dynasty, Jacoby Myers is like 25 or 26 years old. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm definitely, especially redraft or even redraft. <coughs> um, I would pick Jacoby Myers, but definitely for uh, dynasty, absolutely. In fact, of all these receivers, yeah, Jacoby Myers would be my number one receiver for the Patriots. Um, I might even go Kendrick Bourne, especially for especially for Dynasty. Again, this is for Dynasty. I would go Kendrick Bourne over Devontae Parker. Redraft? Uh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I probably might even still do Kendrick Bourne because honestly um, – it's all about what you, what have you done for me lately? And Kendrick Bourne, and I'll say it because it, it makes I take some pride in it. The Patriots got their ass whooped by the Bills in the playoff game, but Kendrick Bourne had a, but Kendrick Bourne had a heck of a game actually. He had like six catches and uh, close to 100 yards, and he had both touchdowns. Well, he had his career. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's a, yeah, yeah. You're you're about to say he yeah. had his career year uh, since he's been with New England last season. I mean. Four years with San Francisco, but last season, I mean, 800 yards, five touchdowns. I mean, 55 receptions. I mean, wide receiver three, wide receiver four kind of numbers, but still, like, I mean, it's basically you see the emergence from him. I think he's somebody who's reliable. He can be where the quarterback needs him to be. Um, 
obviously some of his, you know, athleticism and whatnot is not like wide receiver one or elite, you could say. But I mean, he's definitely reliable in that regard to where like, I mean, he's to me, he's like a good flex play. He's a good, you know, plug in wide receiver three when it comes to fantasy or something like that, you know. More so like when the, I mean, like it's a bye week or something like that, where, you know, if I'm in trouble, like maybe I have an injury or two, like on my team, like, I think he's a good standout kind of wide receiver. And you can see Mac Jones trusts him. I mean, 55 uh, receptions out of 70 uh, passes. That's pretty damn good. dude. I was just about to say that. And, and another thing about, both Jacoby Mars and Kendrick Bourne, I, I totally agree with you. They don't have number one skill sets. Might not even have number two skill sets, but they both can play on the outside and they both can play in the slot. And I've and 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 actually um a lot in fact pretty much most of the most of the damage uh Bourne did to the Bills in the playoff game was out of the slot. He ran that little uh, little corner route. They were it was around it was they were like on the five yard line, but both times he ran corner routes and beat the guy, beat whoever it was. And I've seen and Jacoby Myers a lot of times his best work can come out of the slot. So there's there's a lot of dynamics to both those guys. Again, they're not number ones, but they both can play on the outside and they both can play in the slot. Right, and to feed off of that with Jacoby Myers, I mean, wide receiver thirty last season. So. But he did have 126 targets. That's a lot. So, I mean, the only thing that probably, like we talked about this earlier, when it comes to, like, touchdowns helping your fantasy value, he only had two. So, I mean, that's something that can definitely progress throughout uh, going into the 2022 season. So, just under 1,000 yards, uh, 866. I mean, like, 126 uh, targets. You can't go wrong with that. Um, You see – guys like this, like a Russell Gage, you know, wide receivers that are like pretty much a wide receiver three on any other team. But when he's yeah. getting that opportunity to be the one, he puts up decent numbers, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, I dare say that. What, so here's, here's a question for you. Huh? They, they signed Aguilar two years to 28 million. Could you see him being faded out? Because he really didn't, he really didn't impress me a lot last year. Right, and that could go from like, you know, rapport with Mac Jones. That can go in so many different ways. I mean, you can go with because Aguilar was basically one that I know when he was with Philly. He was mainly like a slot receiver. Never really played too much on the outside, and he's always good when the play is extended. Like that's when, like with Carson Wentz and whatnot, he was always good. You know, when the when the offensive play exceeds ten seconds or something like that, right? You know? So I mean, Mac Jones. I mean, sometimes they might not be cohesive in ways, but I mean, as a fourth wide receiver, I don't know. I thought I thought Aguilar was going to be good, but it's just I don't know. Let me see his uh, sixty-four targets, thirty-seven catches. 473 yards, three touchdowns. Yeah, and I also want to see his snap percentage. And not only that, I mean that, that that leads to a great point. If he's if he's number four wide receiver and they sign him for they sign him the big money, which I thought was just absurd. Right. They they signed him, I think it was like two years and like 26 million. 
Yeah, I think him and Kendrick Bourne were almost this identical in the way their contract was. Yeah, but I would take Bourne over Aguilar. Yeah. Yep. Redraft and Dynasty. But, yeah, you pay a guy $13 million and he's your number four wide receiver, he's probably not going to be around too much longer. Yeah, like uh, beginning of the season, he had a hell of a lot, a good, decent amount of snap percentage, like well over 80%. Then he kind of dwindled down. And, like, so he's spotty. Like, he's up and down in snap percentage. So, didn't really have much fantasy value. No double digits, but three times last season. So, he's definitely one I wouldn't really eye up. I'd leave him on the waiver wire unless Mac Jones, you know, somehow, you know, gives him a little bit more volume. And not only that. You know, I'm not – I mean, I'm a fan of this guy only because he's fast, but otherwise he wasn't that productive. You got to remember they drafted Taiwan Thor now the second round out of Baylor. Mm-hmm. You don't just – you don't draft the guy in the second round. First of all, he's going to make the team. Let's be honest. He's going to make the team. He's going to make the, the main roster. Second of all, you don't draft the guy in the second round if you <laughs> if, for the intention of he's just going to uh, be inactive every game. He's gonna, he's gonna, in some way or form, he's gonna find the field. And yet another speedy wide receiver that they got. So, and and none of the other guys, Bourne, Aguilar, Parker, Myers. I want to say they're speedsters. And this guy runs like I think this guy ran like a four two eight. Mm-hmm. So, yep. So, so he, gives, he gives speed speed uh, value. Yeah, his durability is one thing. But like you said, he's he's quick, he's fast. I mean, it just seems like that's what the Patriots are trying to lean into is get like these speedy receivers because Aguilar is the same. I mean, Kendrick Bourne, not so much. But I mean, who was it? Yeah, Jacoby Myers and whatnot. But uh, Devontae Parker, he could probably be that big body guy who can do the 50-50 catches and whatnot, so. Right. It'll be interesting. Right. It's not too often that I want to grab any of these wide receivers or whatnot. So, no. All right. So let's go with the tight ends real quick uh, with Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith. I, Hunter Henry had a hell of a lot more higher uh, snap percentage than Johnny. So I think he was number 10 overall at tight end last season. 50 completions out of 75 uh, targets, 603 yards, nine touchdowns. I think that was like – that was a career year for him in touchdowns for Hunter Henry. Mm-hmm. The most, so, important thing, more, most important thing was he played all 17 games, if I'm not mistaken, which, he's yes. barely, which I think he's only done one time. And he's been in the league for about six years, I think. So that was the most important thing was he got through the year healthy. Yeah, uh, he did miss one season, 2018. He was uh, out for the season. But, uh, yeah, this season, too, um, this will be his seventh. So, for him to get through the season, that's important. But, yeah, they there was a lot of games, going back to the other tight end, Johnny Smith, there was a lot of games where I, I didn't even know if he played or not. He was invisible. <laughs> not to bring up my bills again. No, you're more. right. Like. Not to bring up my bills because I've already done it 91 times already. Um, 
he was invisible all three games against Buffalo. I didn't even know if he was playing. Whereas Hunter Henry had a uh, he had a decent game in like the last time they played, but Jonu Smith a lot of times was invisible. Which I mean, forty five targets, twenty eight catches, two hundred ninety four yards, and one touchdown. That's nothing to like you know get excited about. Let's be honest. No, I think they wanted to try that two tight end tandem like they did in the past, and like didn't really prosper for them that much. But um, I think it's something that they're trying to do, to, you know, make um, somebody like Mac Jones comfortable going into his rookie season. So it could be taking some gel. I mean, gel from them. Dude, the, just the interesting thing for this team is how is their offense going to go without Josh McDaniels? So, yeah, that's the clear cut thing. I mean, it'll be interesting if Belichick decides he wants to be the offensive coordinator, but. I don't know. It's hard to grasp a share on any any player from this team until we get an idea of that. So in regards to this, what player on this team are you looking to draft if you had to out of everybody? Don't be too quick with it. <laughs> um Either, either Mac Jones or Damian Harris, if I had to pick. Uh, I, I, I'll give you a three. I'll give you three. And I don't even know the order. Uh, Mac Jones, Harris, and probably Hunter Henry. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Hunter Henry being ninth overall last season, I mean, he looks like the red, red zone threat, you know. I mean, the one that Mac Jones eyes up. So that's not a bad call whatsoever. Yeah. Mac Jones, I probably won't draft the most redraft because just the upside to me it just isn't there. I mean, 18th right. overall, I mean, he's a good backup. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. I think I would take a nice little flyer in Ramondre Stevenson, too, dude. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like the player, but I just, like you said, I think you're on the sum that they're going to they're gonna try to run the run – the, um, Run the gasoline all the way empty with um, Dan Harris. Yeah, that's it. Kind of seems like the thing to do for most teams when they know that somebody's contract's going to be up. I don't see them re-signing him. He's not like an elite talent. I mean, he's just one of those who you know does does what he can do, gets the job done in ways, and then uh, on to another another team location or whatnot. Right. So, all right. Done with the Patriots. Let's lock into the New York football Jets. All right, so these guys have actually solidified their O-line a little bit more. Uh, Makai Becton, you know, Elijah Vera Tucker. Um, So I think their pro football focus has them as the top 15 uh, O-line right now. This could help Zach Wilson. All right, just bear with me now. I'm, I know this is stuff that you want to hear because this team just flat out is usually, you know, the dumpster fire of the division for most parts. Yeah. But they did make some good off – it's been an encouraging offseason for, you know, the New York fans up there. So – can I, can I interrupt real quick? I was just gonna, yeah, no, no. I was, just, I was laughing at the top 15. You said offensive line, right? That's what I was laughing at. Because, like, like – 
we talked about off there. He got sacked 44 times in 13 games. So oh, yeah. That's the only, <laughs> yes. That's what I was laughing at. Otherwise, I hate to admit, yeah, you're absolutely right. They they did some things. So, yeah, go ahead. No, I mean, you're right. I mean, it's, I'm glad you put that brought that uh, to surface, too, because it's been an encouraging offseason. You know, I mean, Zach Wilson, decent running ability. I mean, he did add 10 to 15 pounds of muscle in the offseason, too. Did you read about that? Interesting, interesting. But um, the problem here is 213 completions, a little over 2,000 yards, 233, uh, 2,334, nine TDs thrown, 11 interceptions. So the ratio here is not good. Um, I'm kind of surprised they actually took him, you know, drafting number two overall. Um, I know he was stellar, you know, coming out of college, like most, most uh, analysts were kind of wowed, you know, by his accuracy and the way his off platform uh, throwing. So they kind of, did you hear like some of them were actually comparing him to um, Pat Mahomes? Like to me, that's ridiculous. So yeah. Well, if you look at it too, man, I mean, when Mike White kind of took the helm for him when he was injured for a little bit, pretty decent uh, numbers. He made Elijah Moore pretty much, you know, a factor for this squad. So yeah, they lit up the Bengals. I mean, they 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 lit up the Bengals for about thirty-four points. I agree. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they they put it to him, man. I think they were even down. The whole game and they just came back it was a big comeback too um, so okay so they add Brees hall allows michael carter to have a good complimentary back with him ty johnson's still on the team and so is tevin coleman i know we talked about this too with miami and how these are stems from the shanahan offense as well um mm-hmm. Brees hall is obviously going to be the number one to me, I think it could be like I talked. We talked about weeks back, back when Shanahan had um, in Atlanta. He had Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman. They were pretty solid in fantasy, like back to back. Michael Carter still gets the job done, but he's not one of those backs who can carry the whole workload. So I think Brees Hall is definitely one that can, but like I said, like it's like flip-flop with Michael Carter. He still needs that complimentary back as well. So remind me, Michael Carter, what what round did he go? Did he go fourth? Fourth, yep. Yep, fourth. So again, this this goes back to how I would do things. Look at where look at where both got drafted. Mm -hmm. Brees Hall Brees Hall got drafted second round. Michael Carter got drafted fourth round. So there's more value to Brees Hall, and not only that, I yeah I don't know if Michael Carter has. I mean he's got some he's got some explosiveness, but not I don't think like Brees Hall does. I, I think. Um, well, I mean if if I can do a little, uh, I think Michael Carter is the same as Devin Singletary. I agree. I think they both have like the same attributes in a way. If mm-hmm. you watch them side by side, they're pretty much kind of the same back in a way. Yeah. Um, I know it was Michael Carter's first season, but I think he can do pretty damn decent, you know. But I think just they need somebody like Brees Hall. You know, they need somebody to be able to 
you know, take the reins and like Michael Carter be that secondary back, you know? Because they, the Jets have always had, they've had good running backs, but not like explosive, explosive. Like, I mean, listen, I, I hated Curtis Martin. He used to kill Buffalo, but I wouldn't say he had the explosiveness of a Brees Hall. They had Sean Green, which he was just a north, north and south runner. Brees Hall feels like he can do everything and he can get to that next level in a hurry. So, yeah, shifty, um, elusive. Like he does it, especially in the open field for sure. Absolutely. Very exciting back to watch, dude. I love it. It's fun to watch him, too. I, I, I wanted him. Yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, I see him being the number one. I, I agree. He was definitely, um, I mean, he was to be said that he could have gone to uh, the Buffalo too, dude. I do remember yeah. those rumors for sure. Um, but I, it's kind of interesting, dude. I'm really glad y'all got uh, James Cook. I think that'll be really good for this the team. That's exactly who I think that's going to be great for the way that they play as well, especially right. on offense. Um, but yeah, Brees Hall, Michael Carter. Like I said, Michael Carter. Like when he was in UNC, like Javante Williams was the guy. And he was just great being that secondary piece. Um, could be the same with Brees Hall. They still have Ty Johnson, who was a great – I mean, he did his thing for the team uh, when he could. Tevin Coleman, I think, is going to be faded out. But um, unless you have anything else on the running backs, I think we should head home to the wide receivers real quick. Yeah, I'll just say real quick. So you think Tevin Coleman will get faded out, not Ty Johnson? I think so because Tevin Coleman's pretty much on his last limb. I think he's just. He, no, I, I'm with you. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm. I, I used to be a fan of Tevin Coleman, but then a couple of years ago with San Fran, I think he tried to come back, and that's when I was like, all right, I think he's like you said, he's on his last leg. Yeah, I mean, most uh, running backs don't really make it to their <laughs> to age thirty in the league. Yeah. And Ty Johnson's, yeah, Ty Johnson's still young. He's 24, and Tevin Coleman's yeah. about to be 30. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Yeah, I just, I was just curious on your opinion, but yeah, I'm ready. Yeah. Um, yeah, so wide receivers, obviously Elijah Moore going into his second season. Um, he did have a quad issue and even COVID in December, so that's why his numbers are a little uh, downhill, but when he played, dude, he was electric. Um, more so, I mean, when who was it Mike White was QB, even Joe Flacco, they definitely eyed up Elijah Moore. There was instances mm-hmm. when um, Zach Wilson was barely even thrown to him. So, I mean, this is the thing, too. Like, Elijah Moore – 43 uh, receptions of 77 targets, 538 in yards, five touchdowns. Had a few, a handful of rushes um, for 54 yards and a touchdown. He's dynamic. They also brought in Garrett Wilson, 10th overall pick. Speedy wide receiver like Moore. Both can play in the outside and in the slot. So mm-hmm. I think this is kind of going to be, let's say, like a, a peg down from the Tyreek Hill and um, Jalen Waddle type of duo. But mm-hmm. I do think this team can, with these two wide receivers, they can, like, be flashy, um, electric, dynamic. It's all about Zach Wilson and how he can get these guys, you know, to the next level. 
like this whole team to the next level. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like Tua, yeah, Zach Wilson, although he's in his second year, I say you always have to give quarterbacks at least three years. Yep. And then if they, and then if they're, if they can't do it after three years, then you know what? Then it's time to move on. But so he, he, he'll get a pass. Although some people, no one Jets fans, if he sucks, which I hope he does. <laughs> but Jets fans, but Jets fans are, are, they're ruthless. And this is his second year. And if he doesn't produce, they're going to be ruthless on him. Uh, but he's got the, yeah, they just, like you said, they just added Garrett Wilson. I mean, and Brees Hall, they're starting to put the pieces around him to be successful. So even though it's year two, there's still no excuse for him to be um, successful. And not only that, you got to remember, they also brought back, um, he might not be a, a big favorite, but I'm hearing that him and Braxton Berrios have been, um, have got great chemistry. Uh, he had 65 targets, 46 catches, 431 yards, two touchdowns. A lot of games, Braxton Berrios was his security blanket. You know, you said you said Elijah Moore was very had a cohesiveness with a co- was cohesiveness with um, Joe Flacco and uh, Mike White. Braxton Berrios had a very good rapport with Zach Wilson, um, especially what, what game was that? Was it the Titans game? I think where they they beat the Titans, and I think he had like ten catches or something. So can't forget can't forget Berrios is a sneaky um, is a sneaky option. Is, yeah, is he got absolutely. To- does he got the skill sets of Moore and Garrett Wilson? No, not not at all. But he's a very much a Cole Beasley type of receiver, and you have to have that guy. Because, yeah. like I said, for the 93rd time, here's a Bills reference, Cole Beasley easily helped out Josh Allen from rookie year to second year, and you need that guy. You need that slot receiver, that shifty – because he's shifty, you need that shifty slot receiver. Yeah. I remember Barrios, like, uh, I was pretty high on him because New England drafted him. Yep. But yep. Uh, I think they put him to the practice squad, and that's when the Jets kind of capitalized and picked him up. But last year, yeah, um, best uh, – I mean, career highs, you know, especially in targets, 65, uh, like you said, like four, a little over 400 yards. So it's he's one that I can kind of see as a – a wide receiver four because Corey Davis can still pretty much get it done. You know, um, well, edging into Corey Davis too, like he was a top 30 with uh, wide receiver. And that's why we all kind of like gravitated towards him when he, uh, he was top 30 when he was with Tennessee on his last season. And then that's when he gravitated towards uh, the jets and Things didn't go so well, like usual, when it comes to the Jets. And, uh, you know, so uh, Corey Davis, do you think he can pretty much be the wide receiver three here? Do you think he'll edge out? I mean, Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore? I think think they'll get the opportunities first before Corey Davis. But, I mean – well, I'm a little biased because I have a Matupa, but I mean, he also missed a, several games last year, and he also got a member. I believe he's 28 years old, so I mean, he's you know he's getting to that he's getting to that age of where wide receivers kind of just die, unless you're you know unless you're freakish like a DeAndre Hopkins or somebody like that, or Julio even before he got injured. But um, I think Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore will get a crack at being one and two. 
Yeah. Um, but I still like Corey Davis to get in. I still like Corey Davis in the mix, though. All four of those guys. Um, yeah, like you said, Barrios will be number four. That's not even a question. But Barrios will be a four. But I still like Corey Davis to be to be in the mix between um, Elijah Moore and um, uh, Garrett Wilson. Yeah, because Corey Davis only played a little over half the season last uh, last year. So I think, um, especially with Elijah Moore missing seven games too, this was a necessity for them to get Garrett Wilson in the first round that early. Um, interesting to see. I mean, a little bit um, taller, you know, than Elijah Moore. So he's the one who could pretty much be a good red zone uh, target for sure for Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. Um, Corey Davis is capable of doing that, but I don't think his athleticism is anywhere near Garrett Wilson. You know, um, I mean, Wilson and Elijah Moore are pretty much, they're thin, smaller wide receivers in general. So hopefully durability does, you know, I mean, regardless of Elijah Moore last season, I do hope that, I mean, him and Wilson can pretty much stretch throughout all 17 games this season. But um, who's going to be the fifty-fifty guy? And that's a random question. Who ends up being the fifty-fifty guy? I think it'll be Garrett Wilson because I did see like in some of his I agree. his highlights, you know, when he was with Ohio State, he's very capable of doing that in the red zone for sure. I agree. Like I think I Elijah Moore is like a good, you know, like almost like a Jarvis Landry type, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, where Garrett Wilson, I mean, this isn't a great. Uh, comparison, but I think he's kind of like Robbie Anderson in a way. Robbie Anderson, I think, is a little bit taller. I think, I think he's a little, or maybe the same height. Actually, I can see that. I can see that. I'm gonna look that up. But other than them, uh, they do have Denzel Mims, who we were talking about before, who pretty much is getting faded out. Um, this will be his third season. Jeff Smith is another depth piece as well. Like, they have decent wide receivers. Like, I mean, if these guys were on Green Bay, <laughs> I would be all about it, dude. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Anything you got left with the wide receivers? No, like I said, I think um, – like yeah, like I said, just I think Garrett Wilson, especially Garrett Wilson because, again, he's the first-round draft pick. He'll get every chance to crack that number one or number two, but I still like Corey Davis. I still like Corey Davis in this instance. I still think there's a little bit of juice left. Mm-hmm. Um, even though he's, like I said, he's 28, I still think there's a little bit of juice left um, to get in the mix between those two young young bucks. Yeah, I did see Garrett Wilson is six foot 192, and Robbie Anderson is 6'3", 190. So, Wait, Robbie yeah, Anderson's yeah. a string bean, dude. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so tight ends—they did bring in Tyler Conklin and CJ Uzama. So these are two guys who I thought it was pretty interesting. I mean, this is another two good assets for them. I mean, Conklin was pretty decent last year in mm-hmm. uh, with the Vikings, you know, especially with Irv Smith going down, but. I think him and 
the usage of CJ Ozama since he, you know, left uh, Cincinnati, which to me is so ridiculous. Like every time I think about this, there's I want to at least maybe see if I can re-sign with a team that was just in the Super Bowl instead of going to New York Jets. So, like I said, still doesn't make sense to me. Like I said, I'll be PG about it. His woman's in New York. That's all I got. That's That's all I got. Ladies, I mean, ladies will always interfere in your purpose. (laughs) But I get it. I understand. Plus, he's uh, he's, he's edging 30, so he's pretty much on, you know, the downswing of his career. But I'd like to say, like, I mean – yeah, always go for your purpose, man, and let the women come after it. So, don't go there. No, I, I'm I'll probably edit it. that out of the podcast. <laughs> I'll just say from a football standpoint. Um, yeah, yeah, go back no, to I, football. Yeah, 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 I didn't understand why you would go. I'm with you. I don't understand why you would go from a Super Bowl contending team with a quarterback that's top five worst top 10 but that's probably i'm probably being me way too mean about it to a quarterback that's still trying to figure out his way right a team I mean, that's still trying to play yeah when it comes to conklin though i mean i'm sorry uh uzama i mean he's never never gotten past like uh tight end 18 so i mean it's going to be interesting between him and Conklin who actually takes the reins or if it's something that we see kind of like in New York with John U. Smith and Hunter Henry too. Um, yeah. Cause that's, yeah. New England tries to doing that and Buffalo is trying to do that with the two tight end set. So yeah, it's starting to become a thing uh, at least in this division. Yeah. And I mean, Conklin, like uh, we were talking about earlier, like top 20 tight end last season. So, I mean, it's interesting. If you had to, if you had to choose, would you rather pick these two tight ends or the ones in New England? Mm. I'm gonna say New England, only because I think. I think Hunter Henry's best is better than either one of these guys' best. Does that make sense? Yeah, exactly. Um, I was going to put two. Like, I mean, you also got to look at uh, the receiving aspect, like the players, you know, in both teams. And I think with New England being pretty uh, dismal all around, I think that's where uh, Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith can capitalize for sure. And I I think Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry's a better route runner than both those guys. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. These guys are pretty much more like blocking tight ends in comparison to somebody like Hunter Henry. Um, yeah. Johnny Smith, you know, he can pretty much somewhat do it all. But yeah, I think uh, when it comes to the receiving aspect, definitely Hunter Henry. Um, I, I think that's, that's done with the Jets. So let me do this with you real quick. If we can do a top Top four, who would you choose for each team at QB? Are we both on a 
consensus that we got. Why am I even asking you this? So let's just go. Josh Allen's already number one. Number one. So would you rather have Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, or Tua? Right now, based off of last, if I'm basing off last year, I'm actually going to go Mac Jones. Oh, okay. I got I got to see Tua. So I'll go Josh, Mac. I'll go Tua, and then I'll go Zach. Okay. Hmm. And, I think it's uh, going to be a little bit different for me. I think Mac Jones. Well, well, let me let me let me just let me finish my. Hold on. So uh-huh. I will though I won't. Though I do think it's 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 all depending on if Tua makes that takes that next step. I think I mean I think Tua can, and it won't shock me that I would say Tua is going to have a better year than Mac. But I got to see it first. Right. So, so. I can dig that. Um, I do. I probably will put Tua. I probably would draft him. Because of the weapons he has, I will probably draft him before the other two. Um, it's kind of hard not to, but I'll probably maybe put Zach Wilson next. Just Mac Jones, I, he just is, doesn't give you any kind of, you know, rushing ability. So, I mean, that's why I probably might steer away from him. But that's probably just the only – one of the uh, only things why. Uh, let's yeah, go – go ahead. No, I was just going to say, yeah, that's the, that's the bad thing about – well, if you're – that's a bad thing about Mac is yeah he doesn't really give you any kind of you're absolutely right athletic ability or rushing ability. Otherwise he's a he's your, he's he's basically what Tom Brady has been his entire life. He's a stand in the pocket, <laughs> which it, I mean has worked for Brady and you know maybe it'll work for Mac. I don't know. So well, I mean if you can use his intellect and then bring that gunslinger uh, mentality afterwards, I mean that can pretty much help his career like i mean brady was able to do it all and he loves film so i mean i think mac jones is definitely capable of doing all that because he's got the intellect for sure it's just a matter of him being able to read the defense and fucking pick apart pick apart them especially with the uh the assets that he has for his team all right let's do real quick with running back we'll just do Brees hall singletary damian harris Chase Edmonds. We'll just do those four. I'm gonna go again. I I I I love Brees Hall, but I gotta see it first. You never uh-huh. know. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Damian Harris. I'm going to go Edmonds, and I'm going to go Singletary and then Hall, again, based off of I need to see it first, although I do think Hall will be better than Singletary. I need to see it first. Okay. I might put Singletary last because I think James Cook could emerge. That's fair. Um, I do see what you're saying with Brees Hall, but I think – and you make an interesting case because I'm not going through dynasty or anything else. I think who's going to be good for this season. So I think it'll probably, I'm going to go with Edmonds number one, and then I'll go Brees Hall, then Damien. 
right, let's go with wide receiver. So, what am I? Should I be doing this? No, no, you can do this. No, because it'll be. I'll go number one, Tyreek. That's fine. Really? Yeah. I was gonna go. I was gonna go with Diggs for one. No, I'll go Diggs too, though. (laughs) Okay. No, go Tyreek one because. I have to look at it from this standpoint again. Their sim- their numbers were similar, but in the playoffs, Tyreek was better, was way better. So um, let me let me ask you this now, um, with okay. Diggs and Tyreek, because let's just fade out New England and their wide receivers because they're pretty much going to be late rounders. So would you rather have? Okay, would you rather have Jalen Waddle? Garrett Wilson or Elijah Moore? Jalen Waddle. Yeah, I agree on that 100%. Um, it's, it's, yeah. Played all, all of his games during the season. You know, what was it, top? Um, just missed the cusp of top uh, 12 wide receivers. So, I'm yeah, Waddle, legit, dude. Um, Wilson, I'm excited to see, but Elijah Moore, we know he can get it done. It's just that whole. Uh, I was more, I'm more, I was more of a Elijah Moore than Garrett Wilson because again, I'm big on production, mm-hmm. and I, I would dare say is Elijah Moore faster, maybe slightly, but Elijah Moore, I think, went second round, right? Whereas Garrett Wilson went first round. So Garrett Wilson's going to get more of the opportunity. Again, I have to see it first, but it's not going to shock me if Garrett Wilson has a better year than Elijah Moore, but. Jalen Waddle went. Jalen Waddle went higher than both of them, and he had a heck of he had a really good rookie season. So right. yeah, absolutely, absolutely Jalen Waddle. All right, let's go with this dynasty. You Cam Akers or Brees Hall? Ooh, I'm. This is one instance where I'm going to go Brees Hall. Okay, how about David Montgomery or Brees Hall? <laughs> We're doing strictly dynasty, not this year, right? Yeah, we'll do yeah, just dynasty. We'll do dynasty. I'm gonna go Brees Hall because I think the Jets. I think the Jets for this only again. I would say I gotta see it first, but I think the Bears are atrocious on offense. Right. They are. They are awful. Maybe Whoa. and maybe maybe they end up proving me wrong, and we'll get to that when we do the NFC North. They are atrocious on offense. They nothing excites me other than maybe Darnell Mooney, and even yeah. that, like, and that too. Like, I mean, they have a defensive-minded head coach now, so I mean, that kind of doesn't help to me the helms of you know their offense. But I was gonna, I do know Justin Fields when Trey Sermon was with him in college. Yeah, it is running backs were able to get it done. I think Trey Sermon, he would put up 200-yard uh, games sometimes. Um, yeah, well, let me let, let me circle back, not to correct you or not, but remember, the Jets, Robert Sala was a defense coordinator too, though. You got to remember that. Oh, but, yeah. but, but that doesn't go – I think this, it, this is based off the general manager. I think the Jets' general manager – I hate to say this. Jets' general manager has done a better job surrounding Zach Wilson with talent more than so the Bears. Now, granted, this is a first-year GM, but you still you still could have done something in the draft. He didn't do anything in the draft, and he got a bunch of 
number three, number four wide receivers. So I just think this is based off the general manager. General manager did a better job surrounding Zach Wilson than the Bears did surrounding Justin Fields. Very true. Yeah. So yeah, if nothing else, I would say I would say David Montgomery, but in this case, I'll go Brees Hall just based on the whole team. Okay. How about uh, Cam Akers or uh, David Montgomery? I know Cam Akers has been in less longer, but he's just coming off a really bad injury. I'm going to go David Montgomery. I would do the same. I like that for sure. Montgomery is proven. I mean, he's he's had quite a bit of success, man, especially for a team that, like you were saying, like they just half the time they're dumpy. But I do like the fact that uh, David Montgomery is there. And I like I think Justin Fields will help complement that rushing game too, you know, it puts an extra, you know, keeps the defense on their heels, you know. That's true. I just don't like the receivers. I think they're awful. They might that, be the worst. Too. They might be one of the worst set of receivers in the entire NFL. I mean, they're that can also be, you know, a con for the rushing game as well. If you look at it that way, I mean, with the wide receivers, they can always just put eight in the box yep. and make you have to throw. So, yeah. So, mm-hmm. Uh, we did do a poll this morning uh, on the Flug underscore FF on Twitter. Um, so we're doing one maybe every day, every couple of days. So we did have one this morning. I chose Joe Mixon. It was who would you rather have in a startup dynasty? I chose Joe Mixon over Christian McCaffrey. Yep. Some, some could probably shake their head, but I just um, I think McCaffrey still got the juice and whatnot it's just if he can stay healthy but I think with Joe Mixon and the offense with uh Joe Burrow and now the addition of you know Chase um Jamar Chase and whatnot so I just think that team is just so explosive and they just fixed the offensive line too and just the Panthers are not awful they're awful far in between yeah I think if um if you had McCaffrey and some other teams I would definitely go with that too I think McCaffrey. I think McCaffrey has slightly more talent, mm-hmm. and Mixon's actually been hurt too. But Mixon has has played more games than McCaffrey, whereas McCaffrey, the one year, played only three games. Right. So, and if we're talking 2019, I would absolutely absolutely say McCaffrey. I think that was a. I think that was when McCaffrey had a great year. Was 2019 or was it 2018? One of those two. If we're talking that year, then absolutely McCaffrey. But yeah, Mixon definitely. Yeah, I think he might have been good both years, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, let's do this. Let's do one more. Um, we did talk about Michael Pittman. Um, would you rather have him or a one of one of five in a rookie draft for twenty twenty two? Well, let's do it this way. Would you rather have Michael Pittman or DJ Moore? So I'm a, I'll answer both questions, though. Uh, first question about the Michael Pittman or fifth-round draft choice. Uh, I picked Michael Pittman. Um, I can't remember who number five would have been or who's projected to go number five. But, again, it's the based off the fact of the rookie wide receiver has to prove me wrong. And I still think Michael Pittman had a really good year despite the fact that they had nobody else in receiver you know you're hoping for Paris Campbell and I hope I hope for Paris Campbell for you um 
Now, the well, if you want to go like, uh, sorry to interrupt you, dude, but like, uh, I think number five is pretty much going to get you somewhere along the lines of maybe Garrett Wilson, uh, Chris Olave. Um, mm. Okay. Yeah, uh, Jamison Williams, stuff like that. Mm. I'd, I'd still go with Pittman. I think I would still go with Pittman. Me too. Um, the other question, Michael Pittman or DJ Moore? Ooh. So this will be Dynasty. Like, not who's going to be better this year. Oh, Dynasty? I'm going to say Michael Pittman. Okay. Because. Uh, go ahead. Give me your reasons. Because I'm going to go um, the other way. You're going to go DJ Moore? Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, I think DJ Moore is better right now. But. I think I think I think Matt Ryan is slightly better than Carson Wentz, and not only that, uh, Matt Ryan is playing with arguably the best line that he's ever played with, and that he's playing with the best running back that he's ever played with. So, whereas the Panthers, DJ Moore put up some really good numbers with the crappy quarterbacks that they have, but I don't believe in Sam Darnold. I don't believe in Cam Newton. I don't believe in that other guy that uh, Hicks has uh, and Chupa for whatever reason, Philip Walker. Um, I don't believe <laughs> I don't believe in any of those quarterbacks. Whereas I believe in Matt Ryan over all three quarterbacks by a, a combined. So based well, off me, of go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, let me ask you this: What if they had Jimmy G instead of Sam Darnold? Because there was that rumors of like, you know, maybe he can go there and whatnot. Um, the thing is, because I'm kind of like seeing that maybe DJ Moore can be like a um, kind of like a Debo Samuel in a way. Not entirely like the rushing aspect, but I, I, they both have that same game where they can be great slot receivers and they're tough in the middle of the field. You know, that's my only thing. Um, I do. Uh, I'll just say. Okay, so I was gonna say, yeah, if they had Jimmy G, yeah, I would go to DJ Moore because anybody anybody's got to be better than Sam Donald. I'm sorry, I, I try I try to believe in him. I have him in two in both of our leagues, and I'm still keeping on him because he's the starter for those that I have quotation marks. Um, I just can't. He's just he's just not good. He's just not good at all. You're right. Like I mean, I kind of was hoping he'd like because I like to give you know the underdogs a little bit of a chance but like he just did not prosper whatsoever um I mean obviously it's not a great team by all means but I mean going from the Jets to there I kind of tried to pull for him hopefully he can turn that franchise around a little bit but I'm pretty sure they're going to be eyeing somebody up going into next year if they don't go for somebody like Jimmy G or Baker maybe. But at, the t- at the time he kind of upgraded though he went from yep. the Jets to having Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore. Uh, he he kind of upgraded, and he still was terrible. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. It'll be interesting. But, uh, yeah, that's a wrap. So, thanks, Ty, for coming in. And, uh, yeah, so mm-hmm. next time, I think we're probably going to do the NFCs. So, we'll do AFCs, NFCs. So, then we'll go probably towards the West. 
But um, yeah, great pod. Glad we were able to get some things done on this one with the AFC uh, East. So be sure to find us on theflug.com. You can find us at theflug underscore FF. You can find Ty at 757 Bills Mafia, you know. Um, you sure you weren't out there at the golf course, you know, when Josh Allen was hitting? You weren't there, like, you know, nudging the ball a little forward when he was hitting? Yeah, let's let's be honest. Uh, when he hit the ball over the green and then all of a sudden it, you know, stood it stood off the green for about five seconds and then it rolled back into the green. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> I, was, I, was that, I was that guy that said, Don't worry, Josh, I got you. If you were not here today, I would totally believe you because that's exactly where you would have traveled. You are a traveling man. I've never been to Vegas, so yeah, it would be it would be perfect. Um, oh, and by the way, oh, and we didn't do a prediction on this uh, division. Let me just be honest. The Bills are winning the division. That's all I got to say. I thought you were going to say somebody else. <laughs> well, cool. Well, uh, yeah, that's up. That's a wrap. And, yeah, be sure to find us on theflug.com yet again and the flug underscore FF. Appreciate it, y'all. We'll see you next time. Go Bills.